Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We have been looking at the story of the whole Bible. Now, you know where we left off. Obviously, we are in the chapter two of our story. Chapter one is the story of creation. Chapter two is the story of the fall. In chapter two, new characters have been introduced in the character of the serpent. But we know that behind the words of the serpent and behind the action of the serpent is the character of Satan. And we have looked quite intensely into that. And now we are trying to answer a couple of questions. We said that the testimony of the Bible is that sin and evil originated with Satan after and only after he was created. And then we ask ourselves two questions. We said, but what caused him to commit the first sin of rebellion against God? That's the first question. And we ask our question, ourselves the second question, and that is, can this happen again? Pride led to Satan's fall, and Satan's rebellion resulted in God casting the devil from his presence. He was casted out onto the earth. We have looked at that, but somehow he still have access into heaven. But we know from scripture that that access will be blocked, that access will be revoked, and the devil, Satan, will be barred from heaven and eventually cast into the lake of fire for eternity with everybody that was with him in his kingdom. So we know that, okay? And then we are looking at these two questions. And we, again, I'll go through the question again. He said, but what caused the devil to commit the first sin of rebellion against God? And the second question is, can this happen again? Now, what we are doing before we ended the last time is that we're actually looking at the first question. We said, yes, there's a sense in which we have to acknowledge there's a mystery that is attached to the fact that how can this beautiful, powerful, you know, um, well-endowed angel called Lucifer at that point, how could sin spontaneously generated in him? We said there's a sense in which there's a mystery there, but also we said there's a sense in which there are some things that James chapter 1 help us to understand, okay? And I'm going to read James chapter 1 again, just for us to try and catch up on this. James chapter 1, verses 13 to 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So we can see from where we've read in James chapter 1 that the essence of sin is yielding to temptation to indulge in our own desire in our own selfish desire, in total disregard to God and in total rebellion against the will of God. And what we'll see is that this was the path to the fall of Adam and Eve, as we shall see later. But in the case of Lucifer, now Satan and the devil, is a little bit different because we have no record that Satan was tempted by an external evil personality or force. So as we mentioned previously in our previous teaching, the, cre the creation of creatures with a will, whether they are angels, 
or human, whether they are visible or invisible, once God created creatures with will, that automatically opens the door for sin and evil. Because these creatures are not God. Because these creatures cannot be God. Even though, as in case of human, both of them were created in the image of God. Even though, as in the case of Lucifer, he was created perfectly, he was anointed. The Bible says that he walked on the holy mountain of God. Even in those two exalted cases, they were not God. And therefore, their cre- creation automatically opened the door for sin or evil to potentially happen. Because if they have a will, that means they have the will to either serve God or to rebel against him. So originally, and this is very, very important, originally sin and consequently evil was not a being. Originally sin and consequently evil was not a personal entity. It was not as if there were two gods from eternity past. It was not as if there was a God who is good and there was a God who is evil. And as you will hear in many, many of the myths of, of the, you know, the pagan story. No. In eternity past, there was not a being that is, is, is tagged as evil. There was not a being. So I'll read that again. So originally sin and consequently evil was not a being. It's not as if there were two gods from eternity past. That was not the case. Sin was not an entity that had an independent existence of its own. What we have seen in the scripture is that good existed before evil. Good existed before evil and good existed without evil. And as we can see in the absolute goodness of God, God is good. God has been good from eternity past. And that goodness, the absolute goodness in the person of God himself has existed in eternity past. And there was no evil at that particular point in time. So it is important for us to understand that good can exist. And indeed, good did exist before evil. And we'll see that also in the perfection of the new heaven and the new earth, when sin and evil will have been pushed out of the system. On the contrary, evil cannot exist without good. And this is very, very important. Okay. Evil cannot exist without good. And evil did not exist until God created creatures that have independent will. Why can't evil exist without good? Because as we have seen, evil is a perversion of what is good. And evil is a departure from God who is good. And this is very important for us to understand that evil could not have existed without good, that good and goodness existed in God from his eternity past without evil, and that evil only existed when God created creatures in angels and human with will. Because this evil is actually a perversion of the goodness of God is a departure from the God who is good. And as we saw in James chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, the essence of sin is yielding to temptation to indulge in our own selfish desire in total disregard of God's will. So it is important for us to establish this, that evil is a perversion, a twisting of nature that God has created good. It's a twisting of the natures that God has created good, whether angelic, 
or human. It is the act of the creatures abuse of and deprivation of their own good nature that makes evil an actuality. The reason why evil became a thing is because the creature that God created in his that God created good, that God created in his own image, it is because of their abuse and the deprivation of their own good nature that makes evil an actuality. Since sin and evil then first originated in the core center and heart of Satan, since Satan was the first creature that actually rebelled against God, that actually used his will to rebel against his creature, sin and evil has then been totally personified in him. Now, I'll read that again because this is important. Since sin and evil first originated in the core center and heart of Satan, sin and evil has been totally personified in him. So that is why he is called the evil one. That is why he's called the father of lies. That is why he's called the wicked one. That is why he's called the, the God of this world. It's not because he has existed from eternity as if he was a running mate of God. No, it is because he was the first one because sin and evil originated first in him. Therefore, sin and evil has been totally personified in him. So he is the evil one. He is the father of lies. He is the wicked one. He is the God of this world. And the same way, the same way, sin and evil will be totally personified in one human. Now, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible talks about a personality that is going to be revealed at the end of the history of the earth called the Antichrist. Just like the one angelic being that totally personified, that evil is totally personifying him is Satan. The same way the Antichrist will be one human in whom sin and evil will be totally personified. Let us read this in the book of Thessalonians, chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 3 to 4 and then verses 8 to 10. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that they shall not come except there come a falling away force, and what that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he has God seated in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And then shall that wicked, that verse 8, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perished, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And you can see how this human this Antichrist, this human who will be seen and evil personified, you can be seeing how he is so much associated with the person of the devil himself. In fact, if you read this, you will feel like everything that is written and spoken here about the Antichrist is something we have already seen in the person of of the devil. The Bible call him the man of lawlessness or the man of sin. The Bible call him the wicked lawless one. And the Bible says by unlimited by unlimited seduction to evil and with all wicked deception 
he will pervert, he will tempt people. And this is very, very important for us to understand. And what I am establishing here is that the Antichrist is the human equivalent, so to speak, of Satan. He mirrors the devil. He mirrors evil right from the core of his being. He is the human that is evil personified. He is evil personified in one human. Just like we saw in the person of the devil. So we 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 are establishing this fact so that you know we are looking at the origin of evil. And we are answering ourselves. Remember the question we are trying to ask ourselves, all right, when we started at the beginning. He said, what caused Satan to commit the first sin of rebellion against God? And we said, look, there's a part of this that we will never be able to explain. There's a part of this that is actually mysterious. But reading through the scripture, we begin to see, as it were, the genesis, as it were, the process by which Satan, as angelic being, became a became personified evil in himself and that that is going to be said about a person in history called the Antigrist. So this is what we know then. Let's put this together as a form of summary that God did not create evil. God did not create evil. God is holy. God is good. God is perfect. He did not create evil. Number two, the existence of good precedes the appearance of evil. That is very, very important. The existence of good precedes the appearance of evil. Number three, sin and evil originated from the heart of Satan after it was created. It didn't need to be Satan. It could have been another angel. But the truth is that once God created this creature that have their will, any one of them could have rebelled. But none of them rebelled apart from Satan. Obviously, we know that it then was able to deceive one third of the angels. We are going to circle back and talk about that because that will be important. So number one, God did not create evil. Number two, the existence of good precedes the appearance of evil. Number three, sin and evil originated from the heart of Satan after it was created. Number four, evil is the consequence of the sinful action of the creature, human or angel, action that is contrary to and defy divine will. Number five, sin is personified in an angel, angelic being called Satan, and will be equally personified in one human being called the Antichrist. And lastly, sin leads to disastrous consequences. And this is very, very important for us to understand. So that's the sense in which and how I will answer our first question. Okay, the origin of sin in the person of Satan. So I will go through that again. So the question we are asking ourselves is this, what caused Satan to commit the first sin of rebellion against God? We said that because he has a will, he could have done that. Any angel could have, but this happened to have originated in the person of the devil himself. But we realize that even though he originated with with the devil, and even though he succeeded in, you know, in, in deceiving one third of the angel and causing them to fall with him, remember, two third of the angel, number one, did not rebel with the devil. And since years ago when that happened, we've not heard that this type of rebellion has happened again in heaven. 
okay, he did, Satan did succeed in making the man and the woman that God created to rebel. We are going to come to that. But understand that this has not happened again. It has happened in the presence of, the, of Satan. But we see that we can now see the consequence of what sin brings, the destruction, the disastrous consequence that sin has brought to the sin, to the, to the creation, to the things that God created. So we are going to look then at the second question. Now, I think what I'm going to do, I'm just going to make this one short today. I will not start the second question today, but the second question is after God has judged sin and evil, when we are finally in the new heaven and the new earth, the question is, can it all happen again? Will it all happen again? I mean, if because angel will still have wills, Humans will still have wills. What is different this time? Why are we sure that this will not happen again? I think I'm going to leave that for us to deal with next time by the grace of God. And if you are listening to me tonight, I want you to know that God loves you. And he has provided a way of escape for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life you can come to him there's no other way of salvation you can bow down your head now and you can ask him to come in and save you he will he will make you a son a daughter he will be your father he will work the rest of this life with you and when this is all over you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth do it right now we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you